Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. There you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title free, and get started now. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and get started now. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Perpetually Correct, presented by Sensibly Loud Media. I'm your host, J-Mac, in the studio with Kyle Beats and JB. JB, what's going on, my man? J-Mac, great to have you back from assignment. I know you are off last week. We missed you, but the, the listeners didn't because you went two and one just cashing them money, and uh, that, that's all that matters sometimes around here, I feel like. I yeah, sent we, you, we, we, we certainly needed the help, too. I sent you picks with no explanation. That's what I need to do from now on. Just no, I'm, I'm just going to stay silent the whole episode. I'll give you the picks, and then, you know, that seems to be the, what, why fix something that isn't broken? And Kyle and I shitted on him, too. I mean, you know, I, I, was not, I was not happy with you on Baylor. I was trying to talk <laughs> you out of it. I was yep. like, get off of this. You, you don't not do only, this. You not only tried to talk me out of it, you tried to talk me out of it the next day as well. <laughs> yeah, hey, Kyle and I both were very anti-Baylor. And for the first third of the game, it looked like, okay, yeah, they're up 10 rip. Got the ball. This is just going to be. And then almost it seems like their quarterback going. I mean, they played like four quarterbacks that game. Yeah. That almost saved them because OU was unprepared now for these random quarterbacks they'd never seen. Dude, Jalen stinks. Josh has that take, and it's it stinks. Jalen stinks compared to what the expectation at Oklahoma has become. Yeah, I guess that's true. But he's still a Heisman candidate and having a great season, and they're still 12-1, and and they're still in the CFP. It's going to yield the same results as Baker probably with an arguably less talented team. Oh, dude, the Cleveland should be right, right all over him. That is, is what you're telling me. <laughs> Look, all these, all these like Jalen hurts Lamar takes hurt my head. I mean, we talked about this. God, like, I know. You're not even, you're not even on the same cat. I mean, Jalen hurts. Uh, I mean, truly could be a very, very nice weapon as a tight end or a wide receiver. I mean, he can kind like of like a Taysom Hill. Yeah, Taysom right. Hill, Muhammad Sanu type role. I mean, this kid does have a very nice future in the NFL if he's mm-hmm. willing to move away. And, you know, when he left Bama, that was the thing. He, he did want to pers- pursue being an NFL quarterback. And it's not going to happen. I don't, no. Yeah, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens because I think he actually has a nice NFL career at other positions. But, you know, sometimes guys can't get out of their own head. So it's fair. Yeah, it's a fair point. I just – I do think that – they're going to be more – we're going to get to this, but I think they're going to be more competitive than Vegas is thinking they are. And at the end of the day, if you just lose to an SEC team in the semifinals, and that's what happened with Baker and Kyler, so you really can't You've already really can't met complain. that. You met that bar of expectation already. Correct. Yeah, yeah but do we, do we have an expectation outside of that for the Big 12, to be quite honest? I mean, when you that's look fair. at the talent no. in the conference, I mean, they're not going up against elite talent. I mean – Outside of OU, OU is probably what on an A and M talent level. Yeah, no, no, they're above. They're above. 
I mean, and slightly, dude, slightly above. I'm saying, I'm saying because of the offensive linemen and the running back position specifically of what they've produced just over the last eight to 10 years. I know you follow the draft a lot. I think they have an advantage there that would fit more in the SEC. I think they are somewhere between like an LSU and Auburn on talent. Oh, yeah. So I, mm. I guess my point is just I, I, <laughs> I think that that's a little bit high, but I get where you're coming from. Yeah, I just don't think we have anything more to expect. But you got to give Lincoln Riley a lot of credit yes. for somehow having the ability to lose every year in the middle of the season to a team they shouldn't and then to win out and just kind of always backdoor themselves into the college football playoffs with no leg to stand on. I mean, to both of your points, they've been slaughtered and looked overwhelmed every time. But we, for the third straight year with a lesser team, the committee was like, you know, and this is the reason I hate that I'm actually, I've gone anti-expansion of college football players. (laughs) I don't need to see four more teams. I honestly need to see two less teams. I need to see LSU and Ohio State on a field. That's what I need to see. We'll get there. Yeah, because if if you slide in, I don't need to see – Ohio State go play Utah. Like, I'm good on that. I know the results already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what's yeah. going to happen well, there. Well, I, I guess from that standpoint, what are your guys' thoughts on, on the committee and what they did? I, I the guess the two biggest changes is you did see LSU flip-flop uh, to go to number one, which I guess there's certainly some debate. OSU at the end of the day did win by double digits, nearly could have covered if they wanted to their line. Yep. And then we did see Oklahoma slide up a couple spots with Georgia in Utah losing, I guess, did you think it was fair to see that one and two swap? And then was there a fourth team that you would prefer to have seen in o- over Oklahoma? Yeah. I mean, I think that the committee got this right. And I, cause I believe LSU should be the one seed. What Ohio state has done is really, really impressive, but LSU's played better teams. They have just they have better quality wins and they looked really impressive in an sec championship game. And that game is more important. And there's just a lot more talent on that field. OU, I don't – it's hard to say if they're one of the four best teams. I don't think they're really going to be competitive. I think this is a three-horse race. But I do think that they deserve to get in, especially over Georgia. I mean, Georgia had no argument to me. I think if Tua was healthy with OU going to overtime, there could be an argument for Alabama with their only loss being to LSU. And I think Alabama's more talented than OU still, and even Auburn. probably without Tua. They lost to Auburn, too. Oh, yeah, I guess that two losses. Yeah, you can't put them in there. I mean, yeah, I just I, you, you're right. We don't need to expand this thing because we know what three teams it is. You think it's, a, I guess, a two horse race with LSU and Ohio State. But that's what well, I don't necessarily too. think that I just I, when I look at it to me, it, I, I don't need to, I don't need the four teams. But J-Mac, yeah. I'll, I'll let you. I, I get where you're coming from, because I'm, I'm with you, at least in this particular scenario, like. It's pretty obvious who the best two teams are, and I, I can't, definitely can't wait to watch them duke this thing out. But I mean, it's LSU and OSU, and then everybody else. Did it's, Clemson not beating Virginia by forty-five not really impress you? Because it's like, okay, Virginia in a conference championship game. Yeah, dude. Like everybody kind of made that out to be like it was this big impressive thing, and eh, I mean, that's kind of what they were but supposed is to that be, right? Because they've won twenty-eight straight games now. Are we just like to the point with Clemson where like? Well, the ACC seems down. You should run the table. But then why don't we have that same standard for OU? Like, the Big well, 12 is awful. The, the Big 12 is a lot better than the ACC, and that'll show in bowl games. 
That'll show, show in bowl games. And it always does every season. I mean, you go back and look. The ACC and the Pac-12 Pac gets trashed in bowl Pac games. Pac-12 has a winning percentage of point or 15% over the last four years. They get crushed. The Big 12 has been really good in bowl games. <laughs> that and means so, we're going to bet against every single Pac-12 team. <laughs> I will say the blind. Big 12 gets a lot of Pac-12 teams, which makes their record look better. Nevertheless, they're winning the games. Um, I'm betting Big on all down this year, though. I'm a Big 12 guy, but they're down this year. I think it's easily better than ACC and Pac-12. I think it's more on the tier of Big 10 where SEC is head and shoulders. That's kind of how I see the three tiers. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I, I guess it's fair. I, it, it, it'll be interesting. I don't like – to me, I, I don't like that Oregon was punished for their season. They, You look at the Auburn game. Yeah. They lost on arguably complete luck. So if they win that game and you have twelve and one Oregon as a conference champion, twelve and one OU, I don't know who they're putting in, but what I'm looking at the body of work, the schedule faced, and I mean just talking about putting the best and most deserving teams, to me it just I know Oregon had two losses, but I've been far more I think Oregon versus LSU would be a far more exciting game than OU, but I I, no, I agree with that 100%. And I think there is an argument that Oregon is a better team than OU. But yeah. at the end of the day, you can't put them in. You can't put them in. Over, yeah, that, over too, uh, yeah that's Arizona, it's too Yeah. It's just because it's Arizona State, too, especially. So uh, I do Kansas think. Kansas State is not. That, I mean, Arizona no, I'm State. With you, I'm with you. But it's one versus two, right? Unless it's just like egregious. Unless we're, you know, unless it's like yeah. Southeast Louisiana State or something. Yeah. Well, but, I know. I know we've all had a chance to take a quick run down the bowl lineups. Um, you know, outside of these New Year's Six Bowls, you know, what's one that you guys are looking at, whether it's like a Tuesday afternoon or uh, evening, what's kind of an off-the-wall bowl game that our listeners should be looking for? Kyle, for an, you Yeah, I was going to say for an off-the-wall, like as far as not – because I want to talk about some of the, the New Year's Eve and New Year's Day bowls. Um, one that I'm actually interested in, I want to see uh, A&M and Oklahoma State. I think that's a good – a yeah. good athletic battle. I think those are teams that have a lot of ups and downs this season, but we know how good AM can be. Their losses were all to good teams. And Oklahoma State, they've struggled scoring more than they normally would, but it's still an eight and four team that I think can put up a lot of points. So that's kind of a you know, two days after Christmas, six forty five game. I like that. Yeah. I'm excited I'm excited about that lineup too, because it's it's really kind of two programs that are about the same level. And I think talent wise I mean, ain't it? We talked about A and M a lot this year, but like, I think their biggest struggle is kind of something that you said earlier. Uh, whenever you were talking about OU, Kyle is uh, like their offensive line is just small and it's really young, and they're they're you know they're having a hard time protecting against SEC defenses. So, I think whenever you kind of take some of that out of the equation and kind of look at Big Twelve type stuff, like I think A and M probably wins that game, but it's going to be a really it's probably going to be somewhat of a shootout, is my guess. Yeah, Kellen Mond loves to play crap teams. He looks really good. <laughs> Always. Man, JB, you are Always. down on the Big 12 right now, man. Well, I mean, OK State's defense is pretty laughable. But I guess some guys say, yeah, offense side of the ball. I, I can't wait for the FAU-SMU game. Okay. I mean, two spread offenses. Chris Robinson, quarterback for FAU, former OU kid who transferred out when Baker came in in Kyler. Uh, Lane Kiffin was there. The Lane train was running right. that bridge. 
Uh, it sounds like there may be an opportunity where Kendall Bryles head coaches that game before he heads okay. out. That's what I was so, wondering if he was coaching or not. Yeah, so there's going to be no defense being played. No. Um, no. And then you got our, our famous podcast, Shane Bouchelle, on the field. Lightning Grim Reaper. Up. Yeah, senior uh, draft-eligible kid going in. I think this is an opportunity for him to put on some nice tape. So I think if you're looking for a shootout that opening weekend Saturday, um, the second one, I'll just be brief on Michigan Bama, just yep. from the standpoint of, yeah. I think a ton of Bama kids are going to sit out for the draft and you're going to see a lot of freshmen And Michigan's going to give an all in effort because it's Harbaugh and he cares about this. This means absolutely nothing to any Bama player. So, I mean, this is like the OU Landry Jones game versus Bama like a decade ago when OU upset them in the bowl game and everyone acted like it was a huge win for OU and all this. And Bam was like, all right, like cool. we didn't practice. I mean, if you seen Saban, he's just been on the road since just he recruiting. knew he's out of the playoffs. Like this dude's not studying film. He doesn't give a shit about what Harbaugh's doing. Like, he's going to show up to that. He's worried about recruiting and the next kids coming in. This means nothing. So I'm, I'm just interested to see who sits out. And uh, I can't wait to watch these Michigan fans just lose their mind on Twitter when, when they beat Bama for no reason. Or they get pummeled to absolute shit, and then it's the same oh. result, really. <laughs> yeah, I want, yeah. so it'll be interesting because if, if Mac Jones loses his top three wide receivers who are all draft eligible sitting out. Um, Anything could, could happen, yeah. Could be a very weird game watching Mac Jones try to throw to non-NFL wide receivers. That's I'm, true. I'm Dude, really, I'm, I'm really interested ahead. in the Minnesota Auburn game. That's as well. exactly. We're on the same page. That's the yeah. one I was about to bring up. I think Auburn is going to beat the hell out of them and expose Minnesota and just yeah. show people how good the SEC is right now. I think so too. I the only thing I'd warn you on is remember two years ago when Auburn lost to UCF mm-hmm. in the, yeah. what, the Peach Bowl. Was that Bortles? No, no, no. Oh. Jared Stidham. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, Stidham I, was yeah. the quarterback at Auburn. Yeah. Auburn has a weird way when they kind of have a letdown season, they get to these bowls, they just don't – the SEC, the top SEC teams like LSU, Bama, Auburn, you know, so on and so forth, when they're not in these, you know, college football playoff games, they really they're seem not to no-show up yeah. top. It's just like in Minnesota, is going to be fired up. Row that boat, P.J. Fleck. So, well, I will personally bet you on that spread because I think Auburn wins that game by 30. That's kind of uh, we'll I take think, a look. Should they? Yeah. Will they be motivated? I don't know. Uh, total motivational factor. Yeah, Auburn should absolutely route Minnesota. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Perfect. Well, we've had some MLB news uh, to J-Max Demise. We saw Garrett Cole sign with the New York Yankees, $324 million over nine years. Kind of in line, J-Mac, with what you and I talked about, around the $30 million mark. Mm-hmm. Um, so not really a shock to us. Seems to be a shock to everyone else. But, I mean, this, this is what this guy's worth, right? I guess so. I think, I mean, yeah. it's a nine-year deal, which I think is what surprised people the most. We, nobody saw that. But an opt-out after five. So, right. you know, he can kind of do what he wants. And I think he would leave like $150 million on the table if he opts out that fifth year. So, yeah. I mean, he's got to make damn sure that he's going to get that. Either that or he's just going to opt in. I love that everybody's running around, uh, particularly Yankees fans, saying pretty much thinking this is going to guarantee them a World Series. That is far from the truth. I mean, look at Houston's pitching staff that just lost in the World Series. That included Garrett Cole. Yeah. I mean, come on. I think he's worth it. I mean, Kyle and I were actually talking about this earlier today because it's one of those things where, in baseball particularly, you're paying for what has happened in the past almost predominantly 
and betting on the fact that it might happen for two more years in the future. And the way I know that is because Boston's currently trying to get rid of the David Price contract that was originally seven years, $217 million. And they're trying to yep. get, move that deal while they still have some value left. Like He still has some value left before he completely throws out his arm, which I get, but that's what makes these deals kind of interesting. Yeah, Tilly looks like Scott Casimir out there throwing like 84. Oh. <laughs> Dude, as a, as a casual baseball fan, though, I will say every time I see these mega deals, like me and Justin talked about this a little bit today with, we saw it with Trout, we're seeing it with Trout, Harper, Machado. Um, we saw it, you know, previously with A-Rod and Pujols. I guess they were a little later in their career still, but just the nine years to me as like a football basketball guy is crazy. Like it's it just nuts. seems, and I know that pitchers can, you have your Nolan Ryan type guys like these guys can go for a long time potentially you know if you don't have any serious shoulder and elbow injuries but I just, it just seems like a lot of money to me and I guess does it not hold your team as hostage as it would maybe in, in a in a such a cap heavy sport like football yeah I mean you don't have the camp in MLB but you know J-Mac and I were talking about it I mean these deals just I mean when have they worked out what is that's what I'm saying yeah, I mean what, sands like I'd say Harper and Trout. I mean, I, I'm kind of in that situation right now where I have to wonder whether the Red Sox are going to give Mookie Betts $400 million or whatever the hell he's going to come But he hasn't proven that much either. So, I he's mean, a World Series I MVP, man. I guess I mean, that's true. Never, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll chill with my baseball taste, but it just feels like you're right. Like baseball teams pay players for past performance, kind of like the Lakers did with Kobe, right? Right. And – I feel like in other in, in basketball, I feel like most of the time people are paid on projections, and that's where you see bad contracts where guys don't pan out. And like I told you earlier, I think football players are just paid on who's not going to go to jail and get hurt. That's basically <laughs> what they're looking for. No, I, I think you're spot on, though, with the basketball and baseball because you know, these basketball kids get drafted at 19, right. have you know, a handful of years, and then they're 22, 23, hitting the free agent market. Well, baseball guys, you know, they come up at 22 or 23. And if you play your cards right as an organization, they don't hit free agency for seven years. So they're 29 and 30 and kind of at or, you know, at the tail end of that peak of their career. So, yeah, you're kind of paying for what you saw that last year and previous. So, yeah, to me, it just doesn't make sense. I, I mean, you look at what you always look around like what the Rangers did with Lance Lynn and Mike Miner turning out all-star years, paying these guys 10 million a year. Obviously you're not going to always hit on that, but wouldn't you rather have that flexibility? And I mean, you never hope that that happens, but injuries do occur to your point and baseball. Tommy John is a year plus. I mean, it's just yeah. to me, it's, I, I think it's, I, a, I think to your point, JB, it's throwing a lot of money at a pitcher. They're not yeah. typically durable. Like if we're talking about an outfielder, you know, something like that, that's that tends to be a little bit different of a story. But like this is a pitcher and that's a lot of fucking money. I just I get it. You need an ace to win it. I don't know, man. That just it seems like it seems this is what I'm related to. It seems like a Minnesota Vikings situation with Kirk Cousins and where they gave Kirk Cousins, what you know, 30 plus mil a year, all guaranteed for three years. And after last year and part of this year, no one was r really excited about that deal. Yeah. But they thought, as a fan base and an organization, hey, we're that one quarterback away. We just need enough over a replacement level. And get, Yeah, they're not. They figured out, oh, we're not, actually, and we can't give this money to this guy because now we can't in other places. And I know baseball doesn't have a salary cap, but they do have to pay taxes. 
eventually, you know, the Yankees can't just give everyone $300 million for God's sake. So yeah. I, I don't know. To me, when, when teams feel like they're one player away and they chase it, it and they force a fit, it usually doesn't. To be honest, Garrett Cole does not seem like a great locker room guy. So I just don't know how that's going to go in New York. You're going to ask the dude to shave. You're going to ask him to cut his hair. You're going to ask him (laughs) to be a professional for the next nine years. The dude couldn't be a a professional in Pittsburgh. He's down there during Penguins games banging on the damn glass. If you've ever been to a hockey game and you're the idiot banging on the glass, you should be kicked out anyway. So screw that guy. He's not a professional. He's not going to last New York. It's going to be bad. Yes. All these Yankees fans loving it. He's not a professional. He bangs on glass. Let's the, not get JV going on uh, hockey game etiquette. Yeah. Hot topic. <laughs> I figured there was less <laughs> etiquette there than anywhere else, but not, <laughs> apparently I'm proven wrong. Not, I, in the, not in the star's front office, apparently. Dude, no shit. Who knows oh, what's going Lord. on there? JB, the one, thing, the one person that this deal kind of like struck me as just immediately is Jacoby Ellsbury, where you just have that feeling like... Oh. Oh man, I'm glad. Like this dude's definitely going to fall apart. It may not be tomorrow, but I'm glad it's not going to be on my team. Look, I mean, Cole, <laughs> That's just Cole, being... Cole fires some missiles. Don't get me wrong, D- but absolutely. Usually, when you do see that velo tick down, and certainly Verlander hasn't seen it. I don't know what deer antler spray is putting in his ass, but he's doing <laughs> something right. So until you saw that, that's a once in a generational type of guy. When this guy drops, like they, all these pitchers do, it takes a year, year and a half to readjust to how to pitch throwing 92 instead of 98. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. We'll see. I, I'm not a big fan of it. Can't wait to see where the other chips fall. Rendon's a big hitter out there. Hopefully the Rangers get him. Hinjun Ryun is still out there. I think that's a name that fits for a lot of folks. You could probably get him for 50 over two, which makes a lot more sense to me. You're not handicapping it. Um, so a lot of names, you know, Dallas Keuchel still floating out there. Hopefully he gets a long-term deal after what he went through as well last year. You would think so, but I don't know, man. It was astounding oh. that like teams like the Phillies didn't have an, when they had an opportunity not to sign him, they didn't. Yeah, I, I don't know. That that one's weird. He's a pretty steady guy. I mean, yeah, he's not the Cy Young caliber he was that one year, but you talk about a team who you throw him in the two or three, you know, spot in your rotation for a playoff team. I mean, Dodgers, I don't know why you wouldn't be on that to place – Replace Hinjin Ryun. I mean, yeah. it seems like a logical fit to me. Him, Walker Bueller, and Clayton Kershaw is a pretty nice one, top, two, three. But. Yeah. Let me ask you this: one more baseball question because I know we got football to get to. Yeah. What do you think about the Mets being sold by the Wilpons? I, I don't care. I mean, it's like if you told me the Knicks got sold. I don't care. That organization is so far away from be- being relevant because of the Wilpons, dude. Like that's a big deal. <laughs> I mean. Sure, it is, but does it change anything in the near term for us? No, it, but it's the longer, bigger it, term. Picture. It could, though. I mean, like me, me and you have talked about this, J Mac. If the if James Dolan sold the Knicks, the Knicks would be a fantastic organization. <laughs> Definitely. Like it just no makes sense for a basketball team to be in New York, right? Like it's oh, not. Yeah, there's you no know what I mean. Like, it shouldn't be a draw. That's just a cash cow. There's no reason it shouldn't be a draw. Yeah. No, and the Mets should be a draw, but they've turned into you know what we've talked about it before, just kind of same thing as the Knicks, just a running joke. Which yeah. man, can you imagine being a running joke in a in a city like New York? Yeah, I mean, no, I'm, I, I know, especially with Francesa, all that crap. But I mean, look at what the like. I don't, this will turn into a, an hour discussion for sure. But like, look at what the Clippers are doing right now with Steve Ballmer, where someone came in and bought them that knows how to let people run a franchise. Like that can make that can make or break a lot of things. 
Wow, you run a business just like you run a business. What a shocker. Fucking unbelievable, <laughs> right? It's almost like they make it hard. People overthink sports sometimes. It's, it's so the easy. Same top, it's the same top-down approach, Jerry. God damn it. People overthink sports, including myself, at the sports book at 1155. <laughs> That's a good point, too. <laughs> lock it in. Damn it, the website won't load. <laughs> lock it in. Lock it in. Holy. All good right. stuff. Well, hey, guys, wait. I digress. We'll have a lot more baseball talk as we move throughout, uh, you know, the end of football season. We certainly have a couple more months of that, including the NFL, which is, has three more weeks to shake out. Hopefully you've all moved to your semifinals fantasy football. And if you haven't, well, we've got other avenues for you to bet on. And we'll start with a favorite segment for everyone. Would you lay it? Spygate 2.0. The Patriots head on the highway to Let's Cincinnati. <laughs> Nine and a half point favorites. It's odd that Bill Belichick started a documentary on top of this Spygate. Uh, Kyle, we'll just start with you. We'll let J-Mac just simmer a little bit. Would you lay the nine and a half on the road with Tom and his cheating ways? <laughs> I think I absolutely would. Uh, I, just, I mean, the Bengals did – your Bengals did cover last week. Oh, Bengals did, baby. They cashed for – I think I gave out plus eight on the podcast – I got him eight and a half earlier in the it week. It was eight and a half everywhere, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, unless you waited till about Saturday is when it really ticked down. And thank, I mean, which was an abysmal non-cover. I mean, they two times went for it on fourth down in the red zone, yep. and then let up a field goal, and then had to kick a field goal. To, I mean, it was ridiculous. they could have won. They could have won the game, but I, I still, yeah. I, I think the Patriots. This is a serious get-right spot. I have more concerns about them right now than. J-Mac does. Still not serious concerns long-term, but I think they have to win this game. And, I mean, double digits shouldn't be hard against this Bengals team, primarily because I think they can hold them under probably 17 points. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, the the audacity for people to think that the Patriots need to spy on a one-win team to be able to beat them in the coming weeks. Is that is how absurd. we're going to spin this, though? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's, it how is. Is that's fucking absurd. This. And I guess technically it wasn't the Patriots, right? Y'all hired y'all hired a yeah. contractor. You had a third party. Correct. And further than that, the guy was wearing a Patriots shirt. Why would you go in there to sneak and videotape the Patriots if you're wearing a Patriots shirt? That doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't matter. We're not getting into all that. The I think there's some good. Y'all are good at this. I think yeah. that there's. I mean, they got practice, man. They got practice. We win games though, so you know. Anyway, but there is a. Uh, I was looking at this this week. I think Kyle's right. I think this is a get right spot for them. I, I really don't think they have any problem covering this. They shouldn't simply because they do. They're going to be able to hold Cincinnati to under. I don't even know if they get 17, dude. That's that's being pretty generous. The Patriots they defense, only scored 19 last week. So. Well, the Patriots defense hasn't been as good in the second half as it was in the first half, but I still I, I still wouldn't worry too much about it. I like it. it more than the Cleveland defense. That's safe to say. Definitely. Well, uh, is that with finally, or without Miles Garrett? <laughs> is, I mean, I, that's a serious question. I like the Patriots a lot more than Cleveland defense. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, but because <laughs> it doesn't make a difference for the Browns either. So, eh. well, you know, Patriots are finally facing quarterbacks who aren't rookies or second-year players. So, you know, it's interesting to see them face a living, breathing quarterback. But yeah, I mean, he's got to be a get-right spot. Anytime the Patriots get caught cheating. They just come out and pull out all the bags of tricks. So, you know, when you look hey, at... Hey, you know what? You know, Give me the ammo, buddy. I'll take uh, another well, Super Bowl what, ring. Look, when I when I take a look at this, Tom and Bill, they come into the room, they, they look at each other and go, hey, would we rather be the pigeon or would we rather be the statue? They take the pigeon route every time. They don't want to get shit on. And that, that's what they that's what we'll see here. <laughs> so, you know, good. Andy Dalton's going to get swallowed up. 
Joe Mixon's going to be gobbled up. They'll see about 12 men in the box. Auden Tate was put on uh, IR for Cincinnati. I don't even know. Tyler Boyd and John Ross out there. I mean, yeah. stop. Pass. Stop. This is this is going to be a 37 to 10 route. It, it's wow. it's got to it's got to be like a Brandon Bolding game. I keep calling for him. I want. <laughs> I you want say it enough times. Game. If you say it, it's like Candyman. You say it enough times, he'll appear. I mean, eventually. But he did last I, week. He, he did. Get a yeah, he did. I was screaming. Uh, I was in our text message, just screaming. JB, come on, we gotta, we gotta have a Bolden day. We're yeah, looking for you it. You know what? When you're like a ninth string running back on New England, and you score a touchdown, you're making tackles on special teams. That's a good day, baby. Pretty that's good. good that's being the pigeon. Not <laughs> you're the staying statue. employed right. too. Staying employed. 500K a year. Right. Yep. No problems. Nice. All right. Well, let's move to some games that matter. We have the Chicago Bears off their Thursday night upset over the Dallas Cowboys, heading on the road up to Lambeau. Packers are currently a four, four and a half point favorite over under of 40 and a half. Uh, certainly when you think December in Lambeau, Bears, Packers, I mean, guys, I'm excited for this. This is. I, I feel like this is going to be one of the better, more underrated games. I know both offenses have struggled even last week with the Packers in uh, Washington, uh, Aaron Rodgers looked abysmal to me. So I'm curious, Akeem Hicks should be coming back for Chicago, which should help them up the middle, hopefully stifle Aaron Jones a little bit. They got a lot of guys questionable coming into the week, so something to monitor. But to me, I think this, you know, if Trubisky's back to moving his legs, this could be a really fun game. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun game. I agree. I mean, Lambeau, December football, that's about as good as it gets. This Packers team, although the record's really good, I think we all still have some some questions about, you know, are they an elite NF- NFC team? The Bears have had a nice rebound. I, I mean, I'm not to a point where I trust Trubisky, right? But he's obviously playing much better over the last couple of weeks. Um, you got Allen Robinson having a fantastic season. Guys like Anthony Miller stepping up. They're starting to trust Montgomery a little more, and they're getting healthy. Um, that being said, I, I want to touch this line. It kind of feels like right where it should be. Um, if anything, I would maybe look at at the Bears, but I, I think I'd just leave it alone. I actually kind of like the over in this game, even though offenses have been struggling. Defenses are – Green Bay's de- decent and Chicago is really good. I actually like the over. It's a low number at 40 and a half. I, I think it easily could go, you know, 24-20, 24-17. Hmm. J-Mac? Yeah, I, I don't hate that take. I, I have a hard time betting against the Chicago defense in general, but I get – where your head's at, and I really ultimately, I know Green Bay wins this game. I just really can't decide by how much. I feel like it could very well be a route, but it could, it feels like it's going to be closer than that to me. We can agree it's going to be better than the 10-3 to opener that we did the live stream on. That was no offense to be found. That was terrible. Oh, that that feels like a lifetime ago. (laughs) It really does. Yeah, I mean, it's a game, uh, for, unfortunately, I guess maybe for viewers, no snow in the forecast. going to be a balmy 15 degrees up there at Lambeau. Mm. It's going to be like that icicle-looking breath. You're going to see everyone's breath. It's that weather for that. Uh, but should be you know, clear field. I, I don't know, man. I, I just To Kyle's point, we've had question marks on this Packers team. I don't think the defense, and we've seen that, obviously, over pretty much the last eight weeks now, has been very uh, abysmal. I don't know what one other word to say it. And to be quite frank, uh, the Packers, outside of Devontae Adams, have absolutely looked horrendous. Marquise Valdez-Scantling has suddenly turned into a poor man's DK Metcalf. 
He can only run a go or stop route. Geronimo Allison's really taking a step back. I'm not sure if he just ate McDonald's over the offseason, but the guy has no burst. Uh, Lazard. He's hurt too. Yeah, Lazard stepped up for them, but he doesn't. He's kind of like Geronimo Allison. He doesn't do anything spectacular. He's just kind of that hustle guy, and you're praying that he's just in the right place. So their wide receiver core is really looking like what it did last year, even with the injuries. But there's nothing outside of Devontae Adams. And Jimmy Graham continues to not block in any formation. I mean, that guy is horrendous watching where teams the, – the one of the issues the Packers are facing is now when Jimmy Graham is on the field, they teams can eliminate which side they're running to based on where Jimmy Graham's at because they know he doesn't block right. and they know they're not running to his side. So teams have really keyed in on that, and that's why we've seen Aaron Jones struggle kind of through this middle part of the season after a hot start is teams have really recognized the tendencies of first-year head coach and what he's doing. So I have some question marks on that. I think the Bears are just high as a kite right now after this win. Uh, Kyle, to your point, love David Montgomery. We'll just have to see what happens. I, I don't know. Both teams I don't think are as good as what people think. Um, and to be honest, I, I almost trust the Bears right now more. I'm, I'm really down on this Packers offensive. Yeah, I am no. too. And if Bears win, it's going to make that division really interesting. God, I hope so. I ho- I love drama. I so, still please. picture this being more like a 23-21 type game. I don't know. It's, sure. It's going to be close, I think. Yeah. It's still that's, over. What taking, that's what I'm taking the four and a True. half. Maybe put it in a teaser leg. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's Find fair. something you like. Yeah. Okay. Well, moving on to a AFC division, another division battle. The Houston Texans head onto the highway to face the Tennessee Titans, who are a three-point favorite over under 50-and-a-half. I got to say, this is one of the most impressive turnarounds where you bench your former number one overall pick, Heisman Trophy winner, and Marcus Mariota, and you bring in a guy that we've been pretty high on even since the end of last year, talking about Ryan Tannehill as a potential blossoming quarterback in the right system. And, J-Mac, I want to start with you because we've seen exactly that. Ryan Tannehill has fit right in. He's working with rookie wide receivers, backup tight ends of Jonas Smith, uh, leaning on Derrick Henry in this ground game in a defense that feels a little bit underrated. So, J-Mac, are are you buying into what Ryan Tannehill and Tennessee have suddenly developed uh, this cohesion? Honestly, yeah. I've watched Ryan Tannehill play for a long time, and I don't think I've ever seen him quite as comfortable as he seems to be with this team right now. And I I just, it's interesting, like the Mariota thing kind of bothers me, or like kind of it sticks in my mind a little bit because I know that like just God gifted athleticism and like decision-making Mariota seems to be the better quarterback, but like Ryan Tannehill works his ass off and you can tell, and he's figured out this Vrabel system. He's figured out chemistry with these guys. And that's like the hardest part. Like Kyle and I were talking about that earlier and because we were talking about Tom Brady and the receiver situation in new England, but it's kind of the same thing. It's like, it t- you do have to build a lot of rapport with those receivers to know who you trust to go to, you know. It's and I feel like he's done a really good job of that really quickly because I mean he so, was they did they trade for him right? No, no, they they brought him in they just on a one signed him deal. off the street right? I I believe so. I'll, I'll take a look while you're finishing up. Yeah. Uh, my other point I want you to touch on, J Mac. Um, one two part question: Do you think that they should bring him back? And if so, at what rate? Um. I would probably consider bringing him back on like a three-year deal, something like that, if you can pay him a little bit more money. Three for maybe mm. – I, I would go like three at 18. Three to tw- You think yeah. he's taking 18 mil? Well, no, he's not. This he's, guy getting franchise tag. Yeah, so I mean, that's 26, good. right? Yeah. 
26, 27 for QB. It's going to be yeah, at least so, 20 a year. Dude. But I mean, okay, so yeah, well, maybe three for 70, somewhere in that range. So he's getting paid $1.8 million this year. Free <laughs> agent signed there. To me, yeah, to me, I just franchise him because I need to know. Agreed. More. Yeah. I, I don't I, I don't want to get into a Foles type contract that suddenly the Jaguars are hampered with. So that's true. Uh, that's be- a very good point. Uh, so, I mean, in response to the game this weekend, though, I yeah, I, I, yep. it's interesting because like I I was kind of hot on Tennessee coming into the season. Kyle and I kind of ha- debated about that a lot really early on, and they kind of proved to be stinky. So I sort of wrote them off, to be honest, like that kind of done chained them and moved on. But like they've they're starting to prove in the last few weeks that they're starting to figure it out a little bit. And honestly, I think Houston played their Super Bowl against against the Patriots. And I I mean they got absolutely murdered last weekend. And Drew Lock, baby. Drew Lock looked good, dude, right out of the gate. And yeah, um, he does that that arm talent's legit. I, dude, if Elway did it, I'll be shocked. That's all I can tell you. But um I I just I don't I don't believe in this Houston team enough. I just I love what Deshaun's doing. I, I get it, but they they played their Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean yeah. I'm I'm gonna have to start kind of eating crow here. I mean the Texans are eight and five. They're in a position to still win this division. I don't know that they win this division. Uh they played Tennessee this week and I think week seventeen as well. Yeah. Uh to finish it off. So that that's it's gonna be fun. This is gonna be a it's obviously between them two with the other two teams out. I'm still going to ride the Texans on this game, though. Tennessee at home, the way they're rolling, I'd lay the three. Mm. I have no problem doing that. The Texans just – they're kind of like the Cowboys, man. They just make so many mistakes and shoot themselves in the foot, even though they're, you know, relatively talented. Like, their skill position guys are better. I mean, outside of Derrick Henry, there's not a lot of skill position talent in in Tennessee. They're just well-coached, and Tannehill's got them humming. So, I'm laying the three at home. Yeah, you got to be impressed because Bill Belichick disciples are really hit or miss, mostly miss. Mostly so miss. I, I am a Vrabel fan. I love the mustache. I love. I think he's a good culture fit in Tennessee. I think the town likes yeah, him. That's a good point. I, I think he fits that type of like he couldn't go to New York. Like him coaching no. the Giants right, right. would look weird. Oh god. Um, so I, I I like what they've done. I feel like this line just feels off. I mean, it's basically saying they're they're even teams. I'm not sure that's correct, um, but then you just look at, hey, they're humming right now. It, it's a complete stay away to me. I think it's going to be a tough division battle, but I mean, I just it bounce back for Deshaun. I mean, must win. It just feels like J Mac mentioned they shot themselves in the foot last week. It's going to be an intriguing game. More, one I more want to watch, uh, and I wanted to bounce back real quick to Green Bay. I was just looking at this. Their point differential this year is only plus 39. For a team that's won seven games, that's extremely low. I mean, you look at the Cowboys are six and seven, and they're still plus 67 points. We went down a point differential rabbit hole today, JB. They're sixth in the league, and look at all the teams around them. They are a lot better. I mean, you look at like New Orleans, Green Bay, they're well below Dallas in point differential. Dallas is third in point differential over the last four years, and we have one playoff win. Yeah. So I, I that doesn't ever really tell a big story, but when you're ten and three, that's kind of an alarming differential to me. Absolutely, yeah. But I think we all agree, definitely a game to watch with this Tennessee Houston. Uh, no real great feel from anyone. No, not really. Mm-hmm. But if I if, if I had to do anything, I would. I really like teasing Tennessee here. Yeah, I don't or hate he, that idea. 
Or Houston, though. Get Houston through a touchdown. Get them, like, plus eight. No, because they're capable of losing. They just – we saw what happened to them on the Broncos. They're Like, Tennessee will keep this game close one way or another, I think, at home. Yeah. All right. We'll certainly tune in. It's going to be a noon kickoff fun game. Well, I I, I should have just taken this off the docket. <laughs> the LA Rams this, come to – Come to Arlington, Texas. The Rams a one point favorite over under a forty nine. Um, J Mac, how bad are the Rams going to beat the Cowboys? They're going to win by like a touchdown. I think I'm taking this is my bet of the week. I'm taking Rams all the way. Give me the point. Doesn't really matter. It's a pick 'em anyway. Okay. Or yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah. Yeah. I mean, laying the point. It swung from. I think Dallas was actually a one and a half point favorite on the open. Yeah. They were a three and a half point favorite really? last week. Jeez. Heading into this I'm game. Look ahead. And, and I almost texted you guys. And I was like, I think I'm going to put some money down. I'm plus three and a half. I'm like, even if both teams win, I don't think that hook. I didn't think it would go through Pickham to Rams favor, but I figured, oh, we'll settle at minus three. So if I get the hook, yeah. you know, for free, basically, I'm like. I should take that. So mad at myself. Right I know. Me too, dude. This, I mean, the I don't trust Dallas's defense at all. And the Rams have started to cook. They seem to be able to figure out that they can hand the ball to Todd Gurley somehow. And hey, amazing. <laughs> that fucking works. Wow. <laughs> That's a weird, weird thing, J-Mac. they been doing million dollar running back. <laughs> have they been doing something genius, though, and just holding, just holding him back a little bit? And they're just going to let him go? They didn't want to burn him out? Or do you think it's he really has move. some serious injuries? It's a bold move. No, he, he does. He has arthritis in his knee. I mean, um, I know that's the – okay. I don't yeah, want to go – yeah, okay, that's, so, that's not good if that's true. But I yeah, don't trust that, Dallas in this in this situation at all. It's it's about not trusting Dallas more than actually I'm buying into what the Rams are doing. I think they're playing well, but it's not going to really matter in the NFC. No. I, I guess I have no idea where their head's at. I mean, local media here has been absolutely tearing them apart for a month now. Rightfully so. And, yeah, if you saw that second half, I mean, I've never seen guys just shaking their head, putting it down. I mean, I, I don't see anyone bought into this team right now. They quit um, on Garrett? Yeah. yeah I, definitely. Yeah. So it Felt like it. I, everyone's quit. This game means absolutely nothing, essentially, unless the Eagles lose at noon. And then you're saying, hey, if we win this game and beat the Eagles, we can seal up the division and so, not care about week 17. So it goes the other way too, though, right? If the Cowboys lose and the Eagles win, no, because they still have the tiebreaker. Oh, they have the tiebreaker over them. That's right. So if yeah. they beat Washington and then the Eagles did lose versus the Giants in Week 17, real backwards, but the Eagles still got to play it out. It's yeah, it's still possible because they almost pissed on themselves this this week. Yeah, I I just I don't know where the team's head at. Cowboys don't shift or make any defense adjustments at the line. McVay's going to be able to just schematically destroy them just like he did last year. I mean, we saw it versus Seattle with their vertical passes. It just gives them fits. Same thing with the Cowboys. Cowboys do get Jeff Heath and Antoine Woods back. Antoine Woods may or may not be smoking pot in his car before the game. We don't know. Just go home, dude. Just go home. Yeah. Jeff Heath may separate his shoulder walking in. (laughs) He may just hit a wall because every time that dude comes back, then he just the same same shoulder, he decides to lean into someone. It's like, dude, just (laughs) <laughs> maybe shove the guy over, maybe right. use the other shoulder. Like, dude, just Something. try to get through a week. So if I have to watch the rookie out of AM again, Thompson, I'm just going to – Not good. No. Not, not good. good. Uh, LVE is out again most likely. And then what I just don't like seeing here is Tony Pollard's still there. Sean Lee is now there. Like, okay, that's great. We're going third-string linebacker. We got Byron Jones, Zach Martin, Lyle Collins on the injury report. I mean, even if these guys are 
playing. They're hurt. And those are some of the guys I trust the most. I trust guys like Thompson and some of the back end of this roster about as much as I trust the Somalian pirate running the federal reserve. That's, that's about where I'm at with this team. I'm done. All right. <laughs> I'm done with the Dallas Cowboys. If they lose this game by more, more than a score, because that tells me they're probably not going to beat the Eagles. Like I'm, I'm at that point where I'm, I was so sure we were going to beat the Eagles and I don't know where I'm at on that now. Dude, that Eagles team is bad. It's really they have two bad. receivers. They have two wide receivers. I'm they available. Have- Greg Ward, former Houston quarterback, is their number one wideout right if now. If they need a four seven eight in the slot, I got you. Boy, wouldn't it be great content to be running Kyle, the Cowboys fan, out there on the Eagles field? <laughs> Just sabotaging it. In, we, still, we would still end up beating the Cowboys. Dude, yeah. the most fucked up thing. The, the refs would make sure. Two. Right, exactly. The, two. the refs would make sure that you you caught those balls no matter what happens. You know it. <laughs> Good. I mean, it, it, the Eagles look just as bad, though. You had dudes like literally batting balls down that, that yeah. were thrown at them like, no, I'm going to get hit. I don't, I don't, there's three yards I don't want. But hey. And the Eagles secondary is just, those guys have like high school 3A in Missouri technique. <laughs> it's it's wow. bad dude like their yeah. their heads aren't around their foot their feet are facing out of bounds when guys are breaking in it makes no sense yeah I, I, I don't even know I think it's a game I don't want to bet it before if you want to lay money on it I'd wait till one drive in because you could tell real quick if this Cowboys team's quit or not they've quit if, if they haven't if they put on a full on effort this team is very capable of winning a lot of games do you like but, the over here? I mean, that that was my other part is I, I think you can look at the over or even mm-hmm. specifically just the Rams team total over because even if the Cowboys are bought in, I think both teams do move the ball. But if the Cowboys aren't bought in, I could definitely see like a 38-10 route. What's that Rams there. number, though? Is it like 26, 27 probably? Uh, yeah, you're probably looking at the 24 and a half, 25 range. Oh, I'm, I'm way over that. Yeah. Yeah, so – I don't know, man. I, I just I can't get my head around what this team is. Every time I think I have a pulse this year, it's been wrong. So the media has been crashing on them. Ninety percent of the bets are on the Rams, um, which kind of scares that's me. If you're looking to bet the Rams, that's unbelievable. <laughs> that that's a lot of that's a big. Uh, and the okay, number really has that's alarming. <laughs> yeah, and the number really hasn't moved either off this kind of pick of minus one. So I mean. I you hate unless to see you it. can get me the, if you can get me the Cowboys plus three I'm all I'm all for that. Mm. No, I think I'm just gonna try to just keep my sanity together during this game. That's really my main goal. I have, I don't need to have my finances involved in this as well. Look, here's yeah. the thing: they cut their kicker, so everything's gonna be okay. I think. Oh yeah, we're running Kai Forbath. How's he still alive? Former <laughs> New England Patriot, as of like Dude, two weeks that, that, ago. That guy's been like kicking since Mark Brunel was with Washington. <laughs> Mark Brunel, <laughs> little Jimmy Smith action. There you go. Got Quincy Carter days, you know, type of opponents. All right. God, that's the second time he's come up today somehow. <laughs> well, I mean, he's not getting out of where he's at. So my over under is two and a half on a daily basis. So that's true. It's a good point. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. Well, let's talk about two teams who might actually matter in this playoff push. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings head on the road to face the L.A. Chargers. Uh, the Vikings are a two-and-a-half, three-point favorite over under a 44. I guess maybe the Chargers won't matter in the race, but have some games that could certainly determine it. Um, you guys, this feels like a trap to me. I mean, the Vikings being a three-point favorite on the road, I'd get pick them, but three seems like a tall order for Minnesota heading. This is this is central to West Coast time zone, J-Mac. 
JB, this happens to you and I every single year right at this time. This <laughs> happened last year with the Chargers versus the goddamn Broncos. You remember? Oh, God. I do remember this. And we said, oh, it's it's Denver in a, a, long, a long shot, and the Chargers came into town and just beat the living piss out of them. I almost might take the Chargers here. Dude, it feels like Minnesota should be a six-point favorite against that Chargers I'm team. I'm 100% with you on that. Yeah, it feels like a trap, though. I don't think... I, I looked at it initially. I had Minnesota as my best bet, and then I'm just like, this makes no sense. I cannot do it. I think they win the game, though, right? I mean, they're they're really in a situation where they they kind of need to win. They I mean, have to, yeah. Not, I mean, not even necessarily for playoffs. I mean, I, I if I'm Minnesota and Seattle, I'm just trying to win games because I'm trying to be the five seed to play Dallas or Philly. But I think they just kind of need a get-right spot. Like, Minnesota's kind of – like came back to an above average team where I thought they were kind of trending towards an elite team maybe five weeks ago. Yeah, I don't know. I every time I bond into Philip Rivers, he kills me to JMX point. Um, but this just feels like such an odd spot for Minnesota to be a heavy favorite heading to the West Coast is an odd thing. To your point, they do have Green Bay on deck. It's just necessary, not on deck, but um, <laughs> a couple weeks. It's just not a game that necessarily matters to Minnesota. It doesn't affect their conference or division record. Their outcome is still the same. It's kind of like, the, you know, the Eagles and Cowboys every week. It's like, well, they win it, but it's still coming down to week 16. It's going to be the same deal with the Packers. I don't know. To me, I'm going to be probably hopping on the Chargers. I like the over here, too. 44 seems low. I've said it every week with the Vikings. The defense is not the same. Xavier Rhodes is not a shutdown quarter. Harrison Smith rarely plays in the back anymore. Um, it is just a defense that's a little bit slower than folks realize. And I think Keenan Allen, Mike Williams can really take advantage of that. And, you know, last week we saw Rivers get humming again. I mean, it's a, it is a streaky team. That's a um, good – Mike Williams definitely will moss Xavier, Xavier Rhodes in 100%. this game. I can almost guarantee it. And Stephon Diggs is a burner still. And you're right. Uh, Rhodes and uh, Trey Waynes, they don't have – they have, like, coverage corners – and guys that are just not elite athleticism are not in their prime as much anymore. And, yeah, they're they're slow on the back end. I'm with you 100% on that. Yeah. I think 44 is a touch low. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. We'll All right. Well, 10 to the primetime game. We have the two wild card teams currently in the AFC battling them out with probably a less desirable matchup than most want in a primetime. But the Buffalo Bills head on the road to face the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Pittsburgh is a two-point dog here, over/under of thirty-seven. Um, I mean, extremely low number, but how the heck do we get there? I mean, we're talking about fourth-string quarterback um, with Pittsburgh, and then Josh Allen, who anytime he faces a living, breathing defense, folds like a house of cards. So, I guess J Mac, I'll start with you on. Uh, you've certainly seen more Bills playing in the AFC than we have. Do we really see them moving the ball? Versus the Steelers, D? Honestly, yeah, I kind of do because I don't really believe in the Steelers. I know that's not a shock to anyone that knows me very well, but I, I just, <laughs> I just feel like they've kind of limped in. I mean, hey, good teams find ways to win games, right? And I think we're seeing the brilliance in what Mike Tomlin really is as far as what he means to a team because he's kept that team on the rails when it should have come off the rails many times by now already. I'll, I'll give him that, but I, I, I actually really like the Bills. Kyle and I had this discussion earlier today. 
I, I just I think that they're not maybe getting as much credit they as they deserve. They don't really tend to make a lot of mistakes, and when they do make when, and they capitalize on other people's mistakes, and that's kind of like that's exactly what the Patriots do. Is that's the same kind of mentality. And I like what Sean McDermott's doing there. I'm I'm taking them to cover this almost certainly. Kyle, man. This one feels very similar to the game we just discussed with Minnesota. Like this, this number doesn't seem right. Why? Why are the Bills getting points here? No, no, they are favored. Oh, they are. Two, okay, they're two point favorite. Okay, yeah. I yep. saw. I saw a plus two. Okay. Either way, though, I mean, we're talking about a team that I've, to J, J- Max point, not bought into this entire year. I mean, I think you have to at a certain point. I understand it's a road game. I, I think Josh Allen steps up here. I, he has been inconsistent against average to above average defenses i like what i've seen out of him in in the back half of this year though i I think this is this is a spot where they're going to really i think they're going to push the patriots for that division a lot more than j mac does i yeah i mean they have to go back to foxborough to play though and i'm excited for that game i I am too i I think i think we'll probably do a live watch for that i think that'll be fun but i feel like i would be much more on the edge of my seat for that and much i'm I mean, I never really worry about it. I mean, my season doesn't really start till January, but I just, Jesus. I don't really. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? No. Okay. Carry on. Anyway, I, I feel like I would be much more worried if it was the other way around and we were going on, on the road. That would concern me a little bit more. But the fact that they already gutted one out earlier in the season, we're going back to Foxborough. They're 42 and one now at home. Uh, that, that Kansas City. Excuse me. Uh, really screwed up that record, but it's still fucking impressive. I'm not worried about the Bills in that situation. Okay. All I'm saying is, if the Bills win out, they'll own the tiebreaker over the Patriots. They both they? they'd both have one loss in the division. They'd right. be one head to head. Okay. New England would have four losses in conference, and Buffalo would only have three, which is the next tiebreaker. Okay. That's so. Right. I, I I've seen this I'm before. Not, I, <laughs> I just all I want to see is that possibility. It's not going to happen. Yeah, it won't. I yeah. know it won't, but I still want to see. It. Yeah, I mean, to your guys' point, I haven't bought into the Steelers. I love the defense. I love what they're doing. But you watch this offense. I mean, every week it's run, run, screen, or check down route to the running back. I mean, they're doing nothing creative offensively. I don't know how teams continually just don't watch it. Occasionally, they'll hit you with the play action deep shot downfield and they keep getting pass interference calls. Yeah, mean, exactly. It's, it's, it will catch up to him. Uh, I do love Mike Tomlin as a coach. He's never had a below 500 year and you almost have to look at this and just kind of wonder what if, and it's a reason I was so high on the Steelers coming into the season. I did buy into the defense. I was unsure of where big Ben was at, what they'd look like without Antonio Brown. But I mean, this team's eight and five without Big Ben. I mean, you just can't help but wonder, man, what a loaded sure. AFC this would be with Big Ben, with yeah. Baltimore, Kansas City, Patriots. I mean, it almost wouldn't have been fair when you compare it to what we've got out of the NFC right now. Dude, you were all, you were on that at the beginning of the season. You picked them to win the division. I thought that was crazy. And I guess where you where you had me in is that the you knew more about the defense or was more bought into the defense than me because it's been Pretty fantastic outside the first few weeks. It's like really came into a zone. Maybe it's the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. Maybe that makes that much of a difference. It makes some of a difference. But I think, you know, TJ Watts obviously, you know, becoming an elite pass rusher. And to your point, I think this is Tomlin's best coaching job. I know they're not going to win a Super Bowl, but to have this team with 
where's the kid from? Samford or Fordham? I mean, it's, oh, uh, yeah, Dodge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Samford sounds right. I mean, it's. I mean, that to have that guy starting and you be eight and five and be right in the the you know the, the think hunt. of the wild card spot is crazy. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Well, very interesting lineup of games, you guys. Let's move to our favorite part of the episode: the best bets. We did move uh, with two pushes, unfortunately. Uh, so we moved to 65 and 52 overall. That's 13 games above 500. This is all free. This is documented on here. This is fantastic stuff, guys. I really got to applaud us for it's a grind. J-Mac, I'm, th- I'm shocked. I thought he was going to fall off a cliff many times this season. Today being one of them, I think he's stressed. He's worried about Tom Brady and Spygate. He won't admit to it. Not worried. Not so, non-existent. I know we don't really have college football. We're not really breaking down the Army Navy game. Do you guys still just want to do two NFL picks or three? What would you guys prefer? Yeah, so I got two NFL picks and a and a dog. But it's all NFL. Okay. okay, you guys want to do two NFL picks and the dog? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, cool. All right, Kyle, you sound loaded up, so I'm not going to really hold you back. <laughs> Where are you going for <laughs> one of your NFL picks, dude? I'm. Riding the uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. This is three out of four weeks I've picked them. Uh, they're they're in Detroit minus three and a half. Like give me Jameis playing crazy and winning this game by four more against who is it Blau or you know we got David the third, Blah. We got the Blah. We got the third string quarterback in here. Trust me, he's not throwing it to Kenny Galladay because he's on my bench now because he's not doing shit. So yeah, I'm going I'm going Bucks minus three and a half easy. Former Purdue star. Yeah, hey, no Mike Evans. Jameis has an opportunity to lead the league in yards, touchdowns, and interceptions. That's a big thing. Mike Evans is out with the hamstring. That's why the line's where it's at. Maybe it would be four and a half with him, but uh, I I still trust Godwin. They they have enough guys. Jameis is going to zip this thing around. He'll probably go like 380 yards. I'm going to go four touchdowns, three picks, one pick six. Yeah. Okay. J-Mac, where are you going for your first NFL pick? My first NFL pick is going to be the Ravens taking on the Jets. Uh, some The last book I saw, I Dude, think, this is, is minus 16. all over 16. the place, this line, by the way. Minus 16 is what I saw in the middle ground. What have you guys seen on this? Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's fair. You, yeah, you've had a lot of injuries for the Jets. I, I, don't, I, I don't even think they have a middle linebacker that was on their starting roster to start the year right yeah. now. Yeah. So. Yeah, how fun defending that. Yeah, exactly. Once again, I'm available, guys. Exactly. <laughs> selling your services all over the place. Yeah, so I'm Kyle taking them to cover that. Tryouts, all right. <laughs> I'm taking them to cover it. It's not even close. It's it's, a, it's an easy lock. 16. Okay, wow. All right. Kill. Uh, well, you know, I'll put the money where my mouth is. I think the over in the Minnesota Chargers game at 44 is worth a stab. Just think both defense is a little bit overrated, uh, especially if you can get the Chargers going early and not let Minnesota just run downhill. Uh, Dalvin Cook's not at 100%. We saw that last week, so I think we're going to see Madison more involved. And uh, Just again, seems like a game to be shoot, 27-21 gets us to the window. I just, it's 44 seems real short to me. Both offenses mm-hmm. can hum the ball. so Or Phillip Rivers can just throw four pick sixes, and that works for me too. So, either way, I'm going to take the over 44 in Minnesota-San Diego. LA Chargers. There you go. <laughs> Kyle's <Yeah>. second pick. <laughs> I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Tennessee. Game we already talked about. Uh-huh. You know, 
I, I really like I, – you know, I don't know if they're going to win the division. I keep bringing that up. But I just think that this is a game that they win at home. I think this game means a lot to them. And Houston has been really shaky and up and down the last few weeks. Um, not great on the road. So, give me a Tennessee minus three at home. Okay. Perfect. J-Mac? I am taking the bet that we talked about earlier. I'm taking the Rams minus one. Hammer it. Bet the mortgage payment. Make it happen. Don't do that. Great. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> but bet a lot of money on it. Perfect. Uh, I'm going to head out to the West Coast again. This one has Cal Beats written all over it. We have an East Coast team hating across multiple time zones to the West Coast, and that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're heading out to Oakland. They're playing the Raiders. And John Gruden, Chucky's got the boys rolling. My boy Josh Jacobs, plug him back in your lineup. He's here to play. Jags are in a worse place than the Cowboys. The six seems like a gift to me. Uh, this seems like an absolute crazy line. There's no quit in Oakland. Chucky wants to get to back to 500 and above. They're still mm-hmm. technically not eliminated. They they know Pittsburgh or the Bills are going to lose. I'm going to see Oakland just battling this thing out. 34-13, Josh Jacobs, heavy game. Oakland Raiders minus six. Good pick. Okay. I like that. Right, Kyle? So I'm going to go – so, by the way, I do want to say Buffalo has moved to plus two. I've looked at Odd Shark oh, wow. and yeah. yeah, and Sportsbook Review, so that tells me I need to probably do a little bit of research on the injury report. But plus mm-hmm. two is very intriguing. I oh, think I'm wow. going to leave that alone, though, and you convinced me. I think I'm going to go Chicago plus four and a half. Oh, okay, nice. Okay, like it. I am. Gonna, I'm going to take, and I'm doing this on almost. Almost spite alone. No, almost spite alone because this screws us every year in this exact spot. I'm taking the Chargers plus the points here. I'm betting against Kirk Cousins, baby. Well, this is good because I don't feel good about this, and I felt terrible about your Baylor pick. Yeah. So here we are. Well, that that was going to be mine as well. So uh, let me thumb through the old Rolodex here. (laughs) Um, What about a little Buffalo plus two? Is that? I mean, that's moved a lot. Oh, I'm betting on that for sure. I'm taking that. That definitely has moved a ton. Um, You know what? I'll I'll head to Washington. I'll take the Skins plus four and a half. You sure? JB's on a roll of just. I'm just going to take dog shit teams. I'm going to take dog shit teams. It worked for me last week. It's going to work for me again. Even if even if the Eagles escape Washington with a win, you know, Terry McLaren has looked fantastic of late for Washington. Really good. And he's going to roast that team. I mean, he's single-handedly making Dwayne Haskins look like an NFL quarterback, which he is not. No. Um, and Adrian Peterson resurgence, man. You know, this guy is playing for next year. He's got a ton of debt to unpay, so got to be motivated, right? <laughs> Dude, it's fucking crazy. AP is in better shape than most 21-year-old D1 athletes, and he's 34. Deer antler spray, baby. It's That's a right. thing. Right the There's a lot more than that going on, but I'll, I'll leave that alone. AP's my guy. Yeah, well, either way, I think four and a half. Again, division tough game. If you're telling me the Eagles got to beat someone by essentially a touchdown <laughs> or more, which is, you know, the four and a half you're getting. I mean, again, it, it's a touchdown or more to me is the way I evaluate it. Not For a lot sure. of games fall at the five or six mark. Right. Um, so I say that it's they're going to lose 27-22. And I'm just going to sit there like, oh. <laughs> um, so I can't wait for that to happen. But again, a division game, I, I don't, I just don't know what we get out of the Eagles. 
the game doesn't matter to them, essentially. They still got to win next week. So with the injuries they have coming off a short week, uh, give me Dwayne Haskins, baby. Maybe. All right. Already. It's bold. It's a phrase I thought I'd never hear. Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> Dwayne Haskins and AP. And AP. <laughs> Played with Brett Favre, for God's sakes. All right, let's go ahead and get out of here then, boys. Happy betting this week. Can't wait to see how it ends up. We're, uh, we're on a hot streak. We're going to continue to write it. We want to remind everyone to check out the website. That's sensiblyloud.com. We also want to remind everyone to follow us on social media. That's on Twitter and on Instagram at sensiblyloud and sensiblyloudmedia on Facebook. Make sure to give us a call. We want to hear from you guys. We want to hear what you guys want to talk about. Play your voicemails, whatever. Make sure to leave us a message at 972-885-9361. And we'll see you guys next week with another edition of PC. 